those who are speaking today. Kim, Shelly. Me first. <laughs> the final book in the Disciple Making Essentials series starts off like this. Shortly after Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to his disciples and said these words, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. If we are going to be successful in fulfilling the mission of Jesus, we need to know how to do what Jesus did. We need to have a clear understanding of how to help people that are disconnected and separated from God become fully connected disciples of Christ. The mission of the Christian's life is fulfilled by doing ministry according to the model of Christ. The ministry's model of Christ's life is the model every Christian ought to follow. Let me tell you about my small group. It's hard to get lost in a small group. We stay in touch, maybe not daily, but several times a week, texts, emails, phone calls. We help each other when help is needed. We feed each other. And if you don't show up and we don't know where you are, we will hunt you down. Just ask him. Small groups are the building block of the church. You have to start small and build upon it to a larger group. Now, faith is my number one spiritual gift, and I didn't really think I could learn much from this book, but, of course, you can always learn something new. This book taught me that I need to make my time on earth count for God. Philippians 1 says, in part, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sake, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so that I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. Above all, you must be citizens of heaven, conducting yourself in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. We are in this struggle together. I believe that my mission and purpose on earth is to be a disciple-making disciple, and as long as God leaves me here, I will do that. We studied Hebrews 4.12 in the Spiritual Growth Essentials book. It says, God's word is living, active, and sharper than any two-edged sword. One of my study Bibles tells me that John Wesley and the early Methodists agreed with this. Early Methodists adopted spiritual practices to place themselves in the most advantageous position for perceiving and responding to God's word. These patterns created openings and pauses in their daily lives where God's grace, mercy, and hope could break in, and thereby shaped their behaviors. This was a definite aha moment for me, and I want to be more like them. The Spiritual Growth Essentials book also taught me more about the Holy Spirit. 
It is a moment-by-moment choice to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way with me. The more that the Holy Spirit has of me, the more he can empower me to live like Jesus. Galatians 5.16 tells me that if I am guided and led by the Holy Spirit, I can resist selfish earthly desires. The Bible Essential Book is an eight-week study giving an overview of the entire Bible. It made me hungry to read the Bible cover to cover. This time, I'm reading it in chronological order. The Church Essentials book is why I have stood up before you these last weeks. This book was extremely convicting for me because I don't see us as Good Shepherd being the church that Jesus wants us to be. Jesus started a movement that has come to be known as the Church of Jesus Christ. This movement was meant to be a rapidly growing group of people who were committed to the cause of being disciples of Christ and building more disciples of Christ. When these two things happen, lives are changed. When people's lives are being changed, nations change. When nations change, the world changes. This is why being and building disciples is the mission of Christ's church. And the song this morning, Change Your Atmosphere, is exactly what this is about. The church must be an environment where people are taught how to live in right relationship with God, themselves, and others. Jesus modeled for his disciples how to be disciples he wanted them to be. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. The study goes back to this passage over and over because this is what it's about. This is what life is supposed to be about. And I know that some of you are thinking that you don't have time for this. You might be surprised how God can bend time. I find myself in the midst of this study and look at the clock and it's barely moved. It's amazing. It's miraculous. And it's possible for all of us. Being a Christian, including belonging to a small group, requires sacrifice. Mother Teresa told us that a sacrifice, to be real, must cost, must hurt, and must empty ourselves. Give yourself fully to God. He will use you to accomplish great things on the condition that you believe much more in his love than in your weakness. My small group has discovered several catchphrases throughout this study. In the Life Essential book, one of them is be and build. Be a disciple who builds more disciples. This book helps us clarify the mission and purpose of our lives. There is a silver lining in all situations and circumstances, and we dubbed 2020 as the year of getting in right relationship with God. Most of us gained a lot of personal time in the year 2020. We didn't have our commute to and from Nashville. We couldn't go to the gym. We had a lot of free time. For the four of us, we spent that free time really delving into this study and studying our Bibles. Helping people become rightly related to God who created them is the answer to all of the world's problems. Let me say that again. Helping people become rightly related to God who helped, who created them is the answer to all of the world's problems. 
This is why the first and foremost priority of being and building disciples is helping people be rightly related to God. Can you imagine if everyone in your circle of influence was in relationship with God and then they went out and did the same and they went out and did the same? We multiply disciples. That's what we're supposed to do. Remember what I said earlier about Methodists? For me to be in right relationship with God, I must practice spiritual disciplines, what I like to call holy habits. Here's a list. I practice some of them every day. I read my Bible. I study it. I pray. I try to keep my life simple. Some of them I don't do every day, but I do them. Occasionally I do fast. I spend time in solitude. I meditate. In the Life Essential book, I learned that if I am not in right relationship with God, then I am more likely to be in right... Let me start that over. (laughs) In the Life Essential book, I learned that if I am in right relationship with God, then I am more likely to be in right relationship with myself. God loves me just the way I am, but he refuses to leave me that way. He wants me to be like Jesus. These lessons have changed me and are making me more and more into the person God created me to be. And as I am changing, all of my relationships in life are getting better. I think my absolute favorite catchphrase from the entire series is, As you go. This means as I go about my daily life, love God, love others. Make disciples. And this works for everybody. As you go to work, as you go to school, as you go shopping, as you go to the gym, as you go home, as you go out to eat, as you go, love God, love others, make disciples. Jesus is indicating in the Great Commission, Jesus is indicating that in the The Great Commission is actually more of a lifestyle than an event. In other words, making disciples by going is something we should be doing everywhere we go. How many stories can you think of where Jesus performed a miracle as he was going to do something else? He healed the ten lepers as he was headed to Jerusalem. He restored a man's ear as he was going away with his arresting soldiers. He healed the bleeding woman as he was going to raise Lazarus' daughter from the dead. There is story after story after story in the Bible about Jesus bringing others to believe in him as he was going. I have been reminded and motivated to share the good news as I go. And i got to tell you, this is not a flash-in-the-pan study for me. I have been in Bible studies. I have gone from one study to another to another. I've applied a few things from them to my life over the years. But nothing has changed me. And nothing has made clearer to me what I'm supposed to be doing here like this study. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 2.2, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Now Paul was not one of Jesus' personal apostles or disciples. 
He was like a second generation disciple. So the disciples from Jesus taught other people. Paul became one of them. He taught other people. He planted churches. The people he taught, like Timothy, taught more people. And on and on and on. To us, we can't let it stop here. The mission of every Christian and every church is to help people come to know Christ, grow in Christ, and then help go, help them go for Christ. This is the only way we can make disciples of all nations. The discipleship book tells us to always remember to be the light. Look for opportunities. Initiate connections with people. Go to God in prayer. Help people in tangible ways. Tell people the message of Jesus. Do these things as you go. And in closing, this study has taught me that eternity is a long time to be wrong. If what the Bible teaches about eternity is not true, then it doesn't really matter how I live my life. On the other hand, if what the Bible says about eternity is true, and I believe with all my heart that it is, then that changes everything. It changes how I live this life. It changes what I share with others. Knowing that people will live in heaven or hell should cause me to be certain about my own eternal destination. And it should also make me care about the eternal destination of others. This is why I yearn to be a disciple-making disciple. Are you making disciples? Now... Anyone can do this lesson in learning on their own. But you can't discuss what you are learning on your own. The group time is a valuable aspect of your spiritual growth process. We are ready to start new small groups and help you become a disciple-making disciple. Stop by the connector after service and fill out a card we will find a group for you. I've got to turn the mic on. How's that? Good. Okay. All right. Good morning. Go ahead to check and make sure you're all with me so far. And then I'll check at the end to see if you're still with me. So there's a test coming, right? Just kidding. Um, so uh, I have the opportunity today to come before you and discuss with you, um, I guess, maybe the, the last piece of our talk in regards to the essentials and the essentials for for growth and so part of that was being devoted 
And we began this sermon series three weeks ago with Pastor Jeremy talking about the essential growth piece of breaking bread. Then David shared with us the essential growth piece of fellowship. We do life together. And last week, Pastor Rick talked with us about the essential growth piece of study. We study God's Word. As we continue in this sermon series, today we will look at the essential growth piece of prayer. And again, that founding um, scripture for us, or the grounding scripture for us during this series, has been Acts 2.42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Will you join me in prayer as we get started this morning? Good and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the amazing gift of prayer. We thank you for continuing to desire to see us grow spiritually closer to you. Lord, thank you for your words that give us your instructions for how our relationship with you can grow. Jesus, through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we can come become deeper and stronger. Father, that you will continue your work in us and through us, if our hearts are willing. As I begin to speak these words that follow, may they not be my words, Lord, but the words that you have placed within me. I ask for your grace when I stumble and I don't quite get it right, that you will be able to use whatever it is that is said for your purposes. I ask for the Holy Spirit to open our minds, our hearts, and our eyes to the message that you will speak to each one of us. And Father, may the meditations of my heart and my mind be pleasing unto you. And so we pray. Again, anchor verse for this series, Acts 2.42, in case you haven't got that down quite yet. Uh, I looked at a few different translations uh, this week as I prepared uh, for what I was to say. Um, And in the NIV translation, it states... They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. The message translation is, they committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. And one last one, the New Living Translation. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And as I I looked at each one of those different translations, I found it a bit interesting that the components of the verse flow the same. The apostles' teaching, the study of God's word, and fellowship, our Christian relationship with one another, breaking of bread, our sharing meals together, including communion, and prayer, our connection to God. When I looked at those, it's, I found it that the beginning and the end of the verse are focused on building our relationship with God. And in the middle of that was our relationship with one another and with Jesus. So today we focus on the essential growth piece of prayer. 
As I began this journey of gathering what words to put on paper or into my computer to put on paper, uh, where do you suppose I began? Of course. It was having a conversation with God, asking him to help guide me through all of this. And for the words that would come and those how to put them together would be from him and be throwing from me to you. And then as I kind of got looking at that, it's like others have said that sometimes the words seem too large or overwhelming. As we looked at those that anchor verse, and sometimes I think that we get stuck or have a tendency to get stuck on those words that do seem too large of a feat for us. I look at being a disciple devoted to prayer. It's like, that seemed a bit overwhelming to me. And sometimes I get this image. A disciple is, you know, it's, it's Peter and Andrew and James and, and all of those guys. Devoted. Committed to prayer. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I've got to take a minute and I've got to break that down. And I've got to think about then. How is it that I can be that disciple devoted to prayer? So, sir, with, so what's a disciple? And when, I, when you break it down, I think we've discussed it a bit, it's a person that's following to try to be closer and more like Jesus. So to me then, I can really work on trying to do that. Right? I can be that person that's trying to get closer to the ways of Jesus. And sometimes I get tendencies, I get these songs that kind of pop in my head. And, and, that, and as I was thinking about that, the one that popped in my head at that time was that song called Nobody by Casting Crowns. It's okay, Dan and Aubrey, I, I won't sing. Well, at least not yet. So the part of that song that popped out to me was you picked 12 outsiders nobody would have ever chosen. And you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose. And then I looked at the next word, devoted. And I was like, devoted? Doesn't that seem heavy? <laughs> it does to me anyway. And again, I thought back to Stephanie last week when she reminded us that that seemed overwhelming and big to her as well. And when I looked at that, it's really devoted. It's being faithful. It's being committed. So can I be faithful and can I be committed and be that person growing closer to the ways of Jesus? And today we'll take a deeper look at the word prayer. Especially in my earlier days of of my walk, the thought of praying to the God of the universe seemed a bit daunting. Maybe like you... It is awe-inspiring that the God of all the earth and heaven chose me. He chose you and desires to have a close relationship with me and and you. So when you think about it, though, prayer is your connection 
your way of having a conversation with your Heavenly Father, with God. So yes, it is that he is, this, he is the God of the universe, the creator of all heaven and all earth and every single one of us. But then yet, he still just wants to come closer to us, to you, through having a conversation and having a connection. Have you ever tried to have a close relationship with someone and not have a conversation with that person? I don't know about you, but to me that's like really hard. And so I believe that the God of our universe has made so many ways and so wants us to have that ability to come closer to him, to have a connection with him, to have conversation with us. And that it is one of the essential parts of our spiritual growth. So for the next few minutes, we'll take a closer look at prayer and the ways that enhance our ability to have conversation with God and maybe a couple of things for you to consider. First, as I got looking at, so what are these ways? It says, again, seems a bit daunting when you think about how it is that God wants and has given us instructions to have a connection with him. So I first got curious about how many times does the Bible mention prayer? And I found in the NIV exhaustive concordance, I won't say that again, the word prayer is used 121 times, not including the various conjunctions of the verb. After pray, you have prayed, prayed, I'm sorry, 68 times. Prayer at 106 times. Prayers at 32 times. Praying 36 times. And prayers 12 times. I used my calculator. Well, actually, I used Google. Uh, It's a total of 375 times. That's a scripture a day with 10 extra, just in case. And then I got to thinking a little bit about, you know, there's also this component of how many times he tells us, do not be afraid, do not fear. And some references will have it at 365 times. So we've got 365 times that the God, through his word, is telling us, do not fear, do not be afraid. Yet he gives us 375 times to pray. Maybe there's a connection. So then I get curious about what types of prayer are mentioned through Scripture. And so I'll go through a a bit of a list with that with you. There's a prayer of adoration. It's expressing our reverence and awe of God. And examples in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 31. This is the NIV um, translation. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. There's a prayer of thanksgiving, and that's expressing our thankfulness to God. James 1.17, the NIV version. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. 
It's a prayer of confession. It's expressing your confession of sins. An example of scriptures in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's prayer vows, so making promises with God. Prayer of quiet reflection, expressing your thoughts without using words. Quieten your soul. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 23, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. There are many examples of Jesus going off and being alone and being quiet uh, in conversation with his Father. Prayer of healing and expressing our request for healing. And we've heard many of those today. Uh, And in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17, But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Kind of along the lines, there's prayers for help, expressing your request for help. In James 5.13, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. And, you know, so that is calling us to not just be prayer of ourselves and ourselves saying, help me. And sometimes it's just that help. But it also calls for us to extend those prayers to others, that we are to be in prayer for one another. It's a prayer of intercession, which also kind of speaks to that. And again, expressing prayers for others. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And in James 5, 16, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. I think we all can, at some point in our life, probably attest to having those things appear in our lives. It's a prayer of blessing. And that's expressing requests for blessing. Um, in Numbers chapter 6, 24 through 26. And, and by the way, there's a pretty good song that goes along with this verse. You may have heard it on Caleb. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. It's a prayer for transformation. And it's expressing your request to the Lord to transform you, to change you. Romans 12.2 came to my mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Those are just some types of prayers that I found as I went through um, scriptures. So those are some of the different ways that God is, again, calling us into that connection, into that conversation with him. Along with that, my, then my curiosity kind of went to, are there various 
scriptures about positions of prayer. How am I supposed to be positioned to prayer? Is there one particular way? You know, there's lots. Some of those include bowing, the lifting of hands, our lifted eyes. There's scriptures talking about various people who lie prone um, for their prayer, kneeling in prayer, closing our eyes, kneeling, standing, sitting. Some other forms of positions or ways to pray is a prayer being in silence, lifting our voices or calling out. So in addition then to having types of prayers, having positions for praying, there are also things that we can use, items we can use that may assist us in focusing on our prayers. And some of those items that may be used to assist us are prayer beads. And in case you didn't know, out in the lobby area there's a cabinet. And on the cabinet there's a little stand and it has a variety of prayer beads. And there's also instruction cards. So in case you're not familiar in how to utilize the Protestant prayer beads, they're a bit different than rosaries as Protestants. So there's a a difference in it. Um, So feel free, I'll speak for Shelley to go ahead and make use of those prayer beads that are out there. She'll make more. She will make more. (laughs) Uh, In addition to to those prayer beads, you may find a cross to be helpful to you. Um, One of the things that I particularly uh, have found useful as I travel a lot are what are called travel crosses. And they're usually made of like a a clay-type material that you can rub and you can hold in your hand as you travel and, and that. And I have one particular friend who I have to replace that every so often because she wears the middle of it out. Uh, we have a group every Palm Sunday season that get together and they make palm crosses for us. And you may find those helpful to have with you. I don't know, but yeah, I keep mine uh, and I'll move it sometimes in different places. But I enjoy having that and holding on to that and to use it to help me focus. Sometimes you may have a necklace that has a cross. I really messed Davis up, but you have a cross with a, a necklace and sometimes you may find yourself rubbing that to help you connect. Pastor Jeremy at times will give us stones. Uh, sometimes they're a polished stone, uh, small enough you can put in a pocket and so as, you're, as you go, you can put your hand in your pocket. And again, it's just a source or a way for you to focus your connection. Um, other items include use of scents, like essential oils. You can speak to Shelly about that. Um, I particularly find frankincense and myrrh, a grounding type of scent that sometimes can Again, help me connect. And then, your places. Do you have a particular place in your house that you might be able to set aside? Um, If anybody in the past has seen the movie War Room, yeah, yeah, closet or some 
someplace. Again, it's not necessarily that that is the place that I have to go to in order to pray, but it may assist me if I need to focus my prayers or there's a particular spot where the Holy Spirit is calling me to maybe be someplace more quiet in a certain spot. Some of us may find being closer to water, being at the ocean and the waves if you get that opportunity. Or maybe it's the woods, being in the mountains. But sometimes you can find those particular places, again, that help you connect for your conversation with God. And in case you didn't realize, we do have a place here at Good Shepherd that um, reminded me. We do have a prayer wall. And back over here, I can't remember the name of the room. It's back that way. But there is a wall that you can write your prayers on. And then you can go in there and so and pray for those things that are on that wall. And then there's, of course, Scripture to help you focus. Um, you may have a, a few that you just go to when you have particular times going on or, or you're in a particular situation that may draw you into that conversation with, with God. Um, one for me usually sometimes will tend to be um, Philippians 4.13 uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me sometimes it's a day where it's just this too shall pass and that reminder that this is not where I'm supposed to be I'm going to be forever if I'm needing to transition through something so you can find some of those scriptures that you can memorize that can help draw you again into that conversation. And for some, it may be that you include fasting with prayers. Shelley mentioned that a little bit earlier. And you may find that has a, a meaningful way um, through your conversation, your connection with God. There are numerous scriptures related to fasting and to prayer, and there are many types of fasting and many various links for fasting. And you might get the idea that that means that that could be a whole different subject in a whole different time. And we have corporate prayer. And corporate prayer is where there's a group praying together, although not necessarily always physically together, And they're usually focused on specific prayers. And the group may have specific times committed for those prayers. Matthew 18, 20. This is the ESV version. For where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I among them. And as we've talked so far mostly about, and we'll talk a little bit further about individual prayer. And as I thought about individual prayer, I kept kind of coming back to Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then another one of the songs popped in my head. This one's Chris Tomlin's God Who Listens. And it, there's this particular part of the verse that comes in, into my mind. You're a God who listens, who knows me, who loves me, who never will fail me, 
who tells me that I am his own. You surround me. You remind me. You always are there. You always are for me. So I come boldly to your throne. Have you experienced times when you could not find the words to say in your prayer or your conversation with God? Maybe it's been a time of great loss or a time where there's been a sudden tragedy or a time that it's just taken your breath away or times you just simply don't know which way you're going to turn. I don't know about you, but I certainly have. And I won't bore you with that list today. But as I thought about what scriptures has spoken to me during those times, I, I was reminded that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And I am thankful for the words in Romans eight twenty six through 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Is it not comforting to know that God has a way to hear our prayers, your prayers, when we can't find the words to say? Amen. That he he has a way through Jesus for us to be presentable before him. I got kind of curious about whether Jesus had given us instructions and a model for prayer. You may say, well, yuck, yeah. And this may have come, that curiosity may have come from that discipleship series with Shelley, Virginia, Stephanie, I. Because through that study, we continue to see how Jesus has modeled and given instructions for our spiritual growth and for the growth of our church. So yes, he did. And that's another song. You will find that instruction and the model in both Matthew and in Luke. So the disciples who had been following Jesus and had been learning from him also needed to know how to pray. So in Matthew, Jesus starts with these instructions in chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And then in both Matthew and Luke, Jesus gives us a model for prayer. And you probably may know this, right? Then, this then is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today your, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. In Luke it ends, but in Matthew it continues. But deliver us from the evil one. So as we kind of look at putting some together, you know, prayer then hopefully has become clear to us that it is one of God's essential ways for us to grow closer to him. Prayer is that conversation with God. It is him wanting that conversation with us. One of the other psalms that comes to my mind, I come back to at times, and leaning on, Psalms 139. 1 through 18. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created me, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All, my, all the days adorned, ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I hope that brings peace to you. I hope that those words in in that are, for me, comforting. They remind me that it doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter what I do. My God still calls for me. He is still there. He still holds me with his right hand. Then to kind of go on in verse 23 and 24, the asking, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That we have confidence that we can know that there is nowhere I can go. He can't find me. His hand will guide you. His right hand again will hold you. The God of the universe, the creator of all the earth and heaven, wants you to have a conversation with him. 
He gave his only begotten son, Jesus, so that we could be cleansed to come before him. So that we could bring him all of our worries, our concerns, our anxieties, our burdens, our tears, all of our hopes, our joys, laughter, dreams, and plans. (laughs) And now I hear him chuckle. You know how to make God laugh, right? Or at least I do. And I'm sure that he has had many an episode of laughter with tears um, from my plans. <laughs> yeah, okay, Kim. So instead, the question being, how is your prayer life? Maybe the question could be better stated, how's your relationship with God? How's your connection with God? How's your conversation going? So with any luck, we'll have a bit of a video clip from The War Room. And and it's a clip titled, Lukewarm Coffee. I appreciate you coming this morning. Coffee will be ready in a couple of minutes. Oh, sounds good. Mm -hmm. Now I ran a sales report from the area. Wrote down the suggested asking price for the house. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Now, what did you say your husband did for a living? Um, well, we actually haven't talked about that, but he's a sales rep for Brightwell Pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. And uh, where did you say you attended church? Well, we occasionally attend Riverdale Community. Mm-hmm. So you would say you know the Lord? Yes, I would say I know the Lord. You think the Lord is okay with this asking price? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have children? Miss Clara, my husband Tony and I have been married for 16 years. We have one daughter, her name is Danielle, and she's 10. She enjoys pop music and ice cream and jumping rope. Oh, well, that, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Now, you say you attend church occasionally. Is that because your pastor only preaches occasionally? Miss Clara, I really would like to help you sell your house. That's why I'm here. As far as my faith is concerned, I believe in God, just like most people. He's very important to me. Mm-hmm. Well, let me get our coffee. So if I asked you what your prayer life was like, would you say that it was hot or cold? I don't know that I would say it's hot. I mean, we're like most people. We have full schedules. We work. But I I would consider myself a spiritual person. I'm not hot, but I'm not cold either. Just, you know, somewhere in the middle. Here you go. I've got cream or sugar if you need it. Oh, no, thank you. I like it black. Miss Clara, you like your coffee room temperature? No, baby, mine's hot. Every so often I need that reminder. <laughs> so, questions for you all. Is, it, is your coffee, is your connection with God lukewarm or is it hot? Is it filled with cream and sugar or is it black? Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? I will speak for Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Rick. I'm putting them on the spot. But I am certain that they would love to have a conversation with you 
about any of that. Sorry. Why did I get for turning pages the wrong way? There we go. One last, one closing section for y'all. So, in First Peter five seven, give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. And there's a song that we would sing in a church that I used to to attend as we entered into a time of prayer, based off of First Peter five seven. The words will come on screen for you. And now comes a bit of a scary part. Dana will now know why it is that I have never offered, or she will ask, for me to be on the praise team or in a choir. The song goes something along this way. I cast all my cares upon you, and I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. And we repeat that a few times, inviting people to either stay in their seats or come to the rails for a moment of prayer. So I'd like to offer that to you this morning. You can choose to say the words, sing the words, Say the words to yourself or just meditate upon those things. If you feel led, please know that the rails are open. We would still ask that you be mindful of being close to one another that you're not in a family unit with. And as we come into this this time, know that your Heavenly Father will have a conversation with you wherever you are, however you are. There's a little bit of Baptist in me. And the song, Just As I Am, pops in my head. He's a 24-7 God. He's wanting, he's waiting with his arms open to wrap around you, to carry you through whatever you go through, and he will lift you up. And I can testify to that. Ask me. So, let's take a few moments and um, let you go into a moment of your prayer your conversation, your connection with God. I cast all my cares upon you and I lay all of my burdens down at your feet and any time I don't know what to do I will cast all my cares upon you. while you were still having that conversation, having your connection with God. 
Good and gracious Heavenly Father, what an amazing God you are. You are ever faithful to us. You are the same yesterday, today, and you will be the same tomorrow. Thank you for the many ways in which you tell us through your word that you love us. You so loved us that you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus, to be our Savior. Thank you for the multitude of ways that we can have a conversation, we can have our connection with you. Thank you for drawing us and not ever, ever letting us just be pursuing us. Jesus, thank you that through you we can come boldly to the throne of God. Thank you that when we pray, prison walls start shaking and the sound of praising, nothing stays the same. Thank you that we can come before you and we can pray that your kingdom will start here. That the atmosphere can change through prayer. Lord, may we seek your kingdom first. May we hunger and may we thirst for more of you and a deeper relationship with you. As we grow closer to you, may our hearts be transformed so that all who are outside the church can see the love of Jesus through us. Lord God, this is lifted to you through the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please stand and join us as we worship together.
pass everything on to God because God wants everything from you through prayer, through your service, and through all that you do. Share the love, share the light of Christ with the world, but always go to God in prayer. The peace of Christ be with you. The love of Christ be with you. Go in peace. Amen.